Sometimes in life, you find yourself on the right side of the line. This looks like what Roger Moore would look like if he had his feet up in imaginary stirrups while he was laying out on a beach towel. Brent, that, that just taint right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they used toilet paper. Uh-huh. That Dixie cup you're drinking from looks like a shot glass. Did your head get that much bigger? It looks like the Unabomber with a hat on. Now a member of the Global Ag Network. history we're gonna get all historical and shit this week on the dryland farmer podcast so apparently landon has gone into full quarantine mode is that true oh yeah yeah we're we're in full shutdown here is the her is herford grain have they have they ceased and desisted all coffee uh programs and sit downs and all that uh grouping out there in that front foyer Oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Our, our quarantine's just after, after work. See, that's interesting because isn't your average age of your coffee group like 97? Oh, yeah. I don't know if those dudes are doing. I don't know if, I don't know if, our, if our dominoers are, are oh, hard at it. Oh, the, uh, the across the street guys. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't we. See them too well. So on church on Sunday, you know, it was, I was surprised at the amount of uh, older folks that showed up. And I asked, like, well, I didn't know if y'all would if y'all would come today. It's like, hell, they ain't going to tell me what to do. You know, this guy, I mean, he's 90 years old. I'm like, hell, man, you give him hell because that's probably what I would do. But, uh, well, guys, this is... Isn't that the opposite of what you're supposed to give them at church? Do what now? Isn't that the opposite of what you're supposed to give them at church? You're supposed to give them life. You know, you're supposed to go to get your life refreshed. Is that what you're talking about? Our church went full, fully online. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We're well. We we've discussed that, but so far we're still we're still uh, going there in the in the flesh. So we're I wouldn't be surprised uh, next week if we uh, if we go online. Our we'd always do a, we always have a Facebook live our preacher puts on during his sermon. So I mean we've already gone that route as far as people that can't come or, or you know or out of pocket or whatever. So, no man, heck what? Shoot, we're Methodist man. We got fiber. That ain't against our denomination. We freaking Whatever. Work. Probably all the old timers have to go in because they're on dial up. Yeah. Well, even some of the old timers have a. Even some of the old timers have the uh, the the smartphone. Even, un- unlike some other people that we know. So yeah. My, other people. So my wife them. just brought me in a nice piece of strawberry pie, and so once again, Landon's missing out on something. He could have stuffed his face yeah. with a big old slice. I noticed he's never done that when I've been there. Well, she, I, as far as she knew, you were going to come here tonight. So you know, mm-hmm. you would. She's like, "Yeah, tell Andy to come get a piece." I'm like, well, he ain't going to. I'm going to have to ship it to him or something. So, well, guys, this is the Dry Line Farmer Podcast. We're like three minutes in here and didn't even talk about who we are, or what we do, but uh, we are here almost every week. Try to be here every week, but I am your host, Brent Carlson, and with me remotely this time, and maybe for the next. So, are you like in a cave or a basement, or did you like move? Where did you? Where are you at? I think I'm in our spare bedroom. Yeah, you're in your. Sp- oh, not even the real. Okay, so now are y'all all sleeping no. in separate bedrooms? 
No, we no, we only have one bed. Oh, so okay, okay. Well, I mean, our little one has a crib, but now we're in the spare bedroom where somebody may or may not have died. We don't know. But yeah. Now I will tell you what, Brent. I'll I'll be back when the NBA comes back. So. Well, okay. So that's I'm next just, year. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Because they're done, aren't they? <laughs> no, they're coming back in mid to late June so, or July. Are you serious? Like for the, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna continue this season, then or start oh, like yeah. a wow. So they really they will play well. They won't play year round, but because by the time they finish that season, it'll be October and they'll start the new season. Right, they'll have a short off season. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. I don't know if they'll. Really... I don't know if they'll finish the whole season, or maybe they'll do best three out of five or something till the finals. But who knows? Who cares? Well, guys, before we get too far, um, this week we're we're doing historical. Landon came across this story, and I don't know if a lot of people. This is a Texas story mostly, but it's a pretty interesting story universally. So, apparently, back in the twenties, this is right before the depression hit. There was a great famous bank robbery. By uh, committed by none other than Chris Kringle and his merry band of elves, and uh, Landon's going to fill. Band of elves. <laughs> Sorry, it's more like the Three Stooges with a bu- with a bunch of bad clothing on, is what it sounds like, because there is yeah. lots of mistakes that went wrong. But we're going to have a kind of a stupid criminal slash historical story slash educational seminar today, and uh, Landon ran across that, so we're going to let him take the lead here in a little bit, but. Uh, Back to the sports thing. Now, the MLB, they're going to um, – now, they still like two weeks is what they're saying, delay? No, they said they said mid-May at the earliest oh, at the best. God, And sucks. they shut down the spring training. So, even right. when you can go back, they were talking to some players, like some pitchers, and they maybe some ex-pitchers, and they said, look, you need you need at least two weeks to get into – to, yeah. Well, they'll have to. Yeah, I mean, they'll have to do some kind. Because of, as long as they're not numb nuts, they can be doing that while they're not there. Yeah, right. Take you have to stand up, take a break for ten minutes, then you have to walk around for ten minutes. That's like a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> do them you at want me to the yeah. same time. Hey, Brent, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, my Twitter handle. Uh, let me look it up here. I think it's at Trader Brent. And what's I uh, see, Landon? What's yours? Let me find log in here. It's no twit landing forty four. So that's where you're going to find us on social media on the Twitter verse, and uh, you can also find us releasing this podcast out on Facebook and of course Google Play, Stitcher. I think I'm still working on Spotify. I don't know what the hell's wrong with that. And I think we're on SoundCloud. I know we're on iTunes. That's the biggie uh, in the Apple in the Apple realm. So uh, we're pretty much anywhere, almost anywhere and everywhere you can find us. Also, we're on the Eat Farm Now website and um network i don't know if it's a network but the network we are on is a global ag network and of course you can find the great podcast moving iron podcast with our good friend casey seymour and um a little i don't know what that was i just almost like breathed out a coronavirus but we had uh, casey and i had an episode last week where it was the coronavirus of course because apparently we can't think of anything original but we were the top headlined episode on this current homepage version of Eat Farm Now. This is a deal over in England. So uh, you guys, I'm going to go ahead and tag Will Evans. I think he's part of that deal. If not, he's a he's a bloody English bloke in over there, and I don't know what he thinks about us Yanks, but uh, we're going to go ahead and tag him in there, and uh, he's a good part of that deal. So we're all over the place. So now we're going to get in here. We've got Landon. Is it, is it still raining there at the house? This is on a Tuesday night here on March. What today's St. Patrick's Day. Did you wear green? Did you poop green? Did you 
get some spearmint gum or anything? I always poop green. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's just nasty. Yeah. Did, Either brown or greenish brown. No. Um, yeah, I'm all good on my outfits and whatnot. Yeah. Right? In, the, in the spirit. Do you have any Irish blood in you? I think so. Yeah. So maybe a, maybe a fourth. No kidding. Is that where no in land whole, comes from or what? And a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah. What is no land? Started on what on what percentage Indian I am? I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Or yeah. Native American, or whatever. I'm just kidding. The land and what is what is Noland? What is that ancestry? Mm, I think we're mostly white, Dutch, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Caucasian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't know all of it, but I think we're mostly we're mostly Dutch and. I think a little bit Irish, a little bit um, British, British Columbia or whatnot. No, British Columbia. British. I'm. I'm not. You're British and you're That's Colombian. <laughs> so you've British, got. British so, you, so you've got General Cornwallis and you've got Pablo Escobar in your jeans. <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah we, make a, we can make. We can make coffee or tea. Yeah. There, <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, Carlson is about as Scandinavian and Swedish as you can get, so that's kind of a no-brainer there. Well, uh, guys, we're going to get into this interesting story and pretty comical to, uh, nonetheless. And uh, right after, uh, right before that, you're going to hear a sponsor of ours. And um, I hadn't gotten the uh, release on who it is this week, but I'm sure Radar Ricardo is going to have a forecast. He always gives forecasts when it's like almost a guarantee and lock that it's going to rain. And uh, speaking of betting on stuff and locks, people are now... All the sports bettors are betting on the weather now. Have you heard of this? Have you heard of this, Landon? They're betting against weather forecasters. I don't know who is putting odds on that, but it's got to be. I mean, you've got it bad when you do that. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I know of is like some Belgium soccer leagues, maybe, or uh-huh. a few few soccer leagues across the country. So I'm eating this strawberry pie right now, and it's just pretty damn awesome. I'm gonna have to eat yeah, it. I don't like I'm gonna have to eat it during I don't the break. Like you. Well guys, we're gonna get we're gonna get to the Santa Claus caper right after this message and your forecast on the Dryland Farmer Podcast. Viking yeah! This is VikingBooking.com. Does the coronavirus have you down? All of your sports are knocked out of the betting fields of America. You can't even go global with this shit. You can't bet on anything. Well, that's why we are here. VikingBooking.com. We offer the most innovative events you've never seen before. Thank you, COVID-19. Let's start you out with a little something not too common, but we kind of like it anyway. Virus? No virus. You click on any random person in the southern part of Florida. Virus? No virus. We'll give you odds. Or do you want something a little more closer to home? We call this one next fat chick through the door we'll give you over and unders on kilos over obesity levels next up 
black guy, white guy. We just go to the inner city where there's an even amount, because we like to do this scientifically, even amount of white people, even amount of black people. You go to a local H-E-B or Costco, next guy out. <coughs> we smoke a lot at vikingbooking.com. Is it going to be a black guy or a white guy? Next up, from the offense, it's the elevator game. Is it Bob Vance from Vance Refrigeration, or is it a Dunder Mifflin employee? Or you can stay at home. Which channel will the Shawshank Redemption be on? Will it be TBS, TNT, A&E, or AMC? And finally, our most favorite and our most unique game of all that you can lay down some action on, it's Hold On For It, Commercial or No Commercial. <laughs> One guy gets a remote control and the other guy says, flip it here. And somebody has to call commercial or no commercial. And if it's on a commercial, you win the grand prize of a kick in the ass. Vikingbooking.com For the degenerate in your neighborhood. Hey, Capron, hey, don't bug it, man. Huh? Nah, man, we, we got we like work this stuff. I know, man, it's uh, like you got to get on liberal. Hey, hey, this is Orino Ricardo and Dana Serio bringing your internet of our podcast. The weather update. Sorry about that, Brent. Uh, Diego, he just came up with a new dream. Sorry, I'm just kind of swallowing some down right now, Vato. You know what he called it? Hey, you know what he calls it, Vato? Since we're like, oh, like the coronavirus or whatever, we have to stay home. It's called, what is it? Hey, Vato, it's a, a quarantini. Ah, you know, Vato? You know what's in a quarantini? Ah, ah, but like, ah, ah, ah. Hey, man, you know, we don't get too fancy here with our drinks or whatever. We just have to stay in. Man, Diego, this is like his dream come true, man. He has to stay like it's a requirement that he stays home and sits on his ass all day. But oh man, this is like a, this is like putting him over the rainbow with joy and like spirit and all that kind of crap. But though, but you know, nonetheless, hey, some of us gotta get out of work still. I mean, I'm doing this feature podcast right now. So uh, hey, as far as the weather's concerned, um, you've had I noticed you've had some wet, uh, rain the last few days. Well, I hope you enjoyed it while I left, Abato, because it's not gonna hang around no longer. No, it's gonna start blowing and blowing like the March. You know it is, Abato. All the rest of the week, gonna be like it's gonna be like a pretty or whatever, like 70 and 70. Oh, sorry, man, the quarantine just hit me right as a fulo. But hey, Abato, I'm not supposed to say they told me I'm not supposed to say that word no more. Hey, Abato, this week's sponsor. Uh, I don't think you gave me the script for it, so I'm gonna have to go just like say whatever it is. I know you're getting, I know you got some of those pizza boots in the mail and you're all trying them out, dry shot. I like, it's almost like the past tense of a bad word, but I, I know it's not what it is. But hey, but though, I gotta get back. He, hey, hey man, we're stuck getting quarantine. Oh yeah, but though, man, I gotta miss out my chance on the quarantine shotgun session. But though, this is Radar Ricardo, I did serio. Back to you. Okay, guys, thanks for that great forecast there. We uh, kind of easy to forecast something when it's about to go over your house so or wherever you're at that, at that point in time. Well, guys, we've got historical Texas Christmas. Like, There's all kind of tag words. Christmas, thievery, crime, true crime, and Landon, no land. So here we go. It's the great Santa Caper on the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Santa Claus bank robbery. Okay. 
Okay, Landon, why don't you take a, us off there? Is that a 1920s diddly right there? It is. It's a pre-depression depression is what that was is what that one is. So, Landon, go ahead and take us away, guys. We've got a 1927 Christmas robbery caper, and it's quite the story. So, Landon, without any further delay, take it away. Okay, so a little bit of background. This is called the Santa Claus Bank Robbery. It occurred on December 23rd, 1927, in the town of Cisco, Texas. And I'm sure Brun will give you a little history about Cisco here in a little bit. The major players were Santa Claus, <laughs> who was played by Marshall Ratliff, and a man Jimmy named Stewart. Henry Helms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, this is a Hitchcock play. Uh, a man named Robert Hill and a cousin of Marshall Ratliff named Louis Davis, who had never committed a crime but needed some money. This is right before the, the, the Great Depression. But this kicked off the most spectacular crime in history, surpassing anything that Billy the Kid ever did until Young Guns came out. That's right. Okay, so this said in Wikipedia it said in Wikipedia it says surpassing in anything in which Billy the Kid or the James Boys had ever figured. Actually, that's a quote. Oh, the James. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure they didn't figure a whole lot in their lives. They yeah, kind of went. Jesse did. Yeah. Jesse wouldn't, James. I don't believe that like anyway, because I've seen a picture of Billy the Kid playing croquet, so I think he was. You know, I think, I think he was kind of, kind of educated and kind of lived lived upper class for at least a little bit. Billy the Kid. Yeah, if you played croquet. God Almighty, he's an ugliest sin, though. Good gosh, dang! Like the only picture yeah. of him, he is ugly. There's two pictures. There's a picture of him playing croquet. That some some lady some family found in a yeah, I'm have to look it up. anyway moving I on I don't believe it so so Marshall Ratliff lived in Cisco and he had been imprisoned for a bank robbery in Valera Texas so planning on this new bank robbery once he got out these guys must have really needed money so him and these three other guys they planned to rob this bank in Cisco Texas. And so his plan, since he's from there, it's always, it's always good to rob a bank in your hometown. His plan was to they don't see dress it coming. up like Santa Claus. Right. But he was going to dress up as Santa Claus to go to go un, unnoticed. So they drive from Wichita Falls to Cisco. And Brent, <laughs> what is the first thing you would do, if you, especially in the 1920s, but even today, if you're going to rob a bank and you drive a car from out of town all the way there, what's the first thing you would do before before robbing the bank? Make sure, oh, oh, I know, I know. Make sure it's full of gas. Right, right. <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and top it off. And to back up for a second, if I want to go inconspicuous into a robbery, a Santa Claus outfit isn't necessarily. I mean, if you're going through, if it's Christmas time, who is the first person that all the kids want to see and go talk to when they're going down Main Street in small town America? They want to go talk to Santa Claus, and chances are this Santa Claus isn't looking for some good conversation. And somebody to sit on his lap. Okay, continue. Especially when it's Christmas Eve Eve. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I'm sure there are a few kids that probably ask you, like, Santa, is that, is that a gun in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So, so, also, during this time, there were so many bank robberies, because I guess the Depression was on its way, that... Three or four banks in Texas were being robbed a day. So they, the Bankers Association offered $5,000 to anyone 
who shot a bank robber. Awesome. And so, you know, they had, this is a pretty risky deal. It's a pretty risky deal. So immediately as they're walking down the street, this guy dressed up as Santa Claus, just like you said, little kids are, you know, running after him, thinking they're going to get candy, telling him what, what they want for Christmas, because Christmas is two days away. And this is back when families, like, put their Christmas tree up on Christmas Eve, so. Yeah, I never understood that. I don't either. So this was a big time. I guess that was the only night they could pop popcorn to string it up or whatever. (laughs) But they probably didn't take, these rednecks probably didn't take it down until, like, Easter, so maybe maybe that's what was behind, I don't know. I mean, he wasn't even a good Santa because he goes into the bank and one of the cashiers greets him and says, hello, Santa, and he doesn't even respond. <laughs> the, guy said, the guy said it twice. Does he, does he like, who are you talking to? <laughs> the goofy <laughs> bastard in the red suit, dude. <laughs> yeah. So to try to keep this from being too long, they go in, you know, Santa Claus goes in to scope things out and, and uh, the other three guys come in and, you know, pull their guns and, you know, get get the money. Almost immediately, there's a woman with a child there who they tell to, to stay still. But she runs off and just runs out of the bank and they don't do a damn thing. And, like, she sounds the alarm. You know, she's out screaming. So all these, you know, sheriffs and deputies and people in town are going to the gun store to buy guns. Of to course. kill these guys to try to get, to get 5000 bucks. So just immediately, you know, things are bad. So they get they get twelve thousand dollars in cash, and they get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in bonds. In securities, securities, it says, or, yeah. It's like yeah. it's just like Hans Gruber in Die Hard. They steal all those stocks and bonds or whatever. So who I want to know what bank? I mean, I guess if you go to the they were where were they going to go? The Caymans or something? It's like yeah, they're going to earn twenty percent. They're going to earn. They're going to earn twenty percent. Who is going to take a whole bunch of well-known stolen securities out of a well-known building, Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles, during Christmas time. Maybe Hans Gruber should have dressed up as Santa Claus. But continue. Yeah, and don't, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave Die Hard alone. I mean, but okay, so so they, they got go the money and they the got the cash and the bonds. Okay, and they get in their car, which is almost out of gas, and they they're going down the alley and. And who's there but police chief Bit Bedford with a giant? He's a giant man with a with a good old riot gun. Now, can't, uh, Landon, <laughs> what what uh, what are you reading? What article are you reading this off of? I'm on I'm on the Wikipedia. Oh, you're on the Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah. So so they're having a big shootout. So the chief Bedford he gets shot because he just stand in front of a car with three guys blasting their way out of town. You're probably going to get shot, especially when you're a big man. So the chief of police gets shot. He dies. Uh, six other civilians get wounded. And these guys actually make it outside of town. But as you said earlier, Brent, they are running low on gas. So what What do you do when you're running out of gas, Brent? I, I don't know. I guess you have to abandon it, don't you? Or steal another car. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they're getting... So they're traveling south on Avenue D. So I'm assuming they're not quite out of town yet. Yeah, there's not too oh, many. Ki- also, I, yeah, I should I should also say that they 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 took two little girls with them to kind of form a shield so people wouldn't shoot at them. Yeah, human shields. Yes, these were the so ISIS of the 1920s. 
Yeah. So as they neared the edge of town, they had a flat tire, almost out of gas, and they lurched out of the vehicle and stopped a passing Oldsmobile driven by a 14-year-old, 14-year-old kid named Woodrow Wilson Harris. <laughs> a, little, a little brat, as you're going to see here in a few seconds. Yeah. And so the robbers commandeer the car, tell his family to get to get lost. They transfer the loot and the hostages and and Lewis, the guy that's never committed a crime, he's injured pretty bad, so they put him in the back seat. And so, what's if you're gonna if you're gonna steal a car from somebody, what, what's the one thing that, that you want them to leave? Pro- probably the keys, I would think. The key, exactly. The right key, so maybe. They get everything. Mm-hmm. So they get everything transferred. They get in the new getaway car, full of gas. And only then did they realize they couldn't start the car because of the kid, a little 14-year-old shithead, taking <laughs> the keys from the ignition. You're almost, it sounds he, like you've got it in for this 14-year-old. He's just sitting driving along, driving an Oldsmobile. He's kind of a hero. Yeah, and you're calling so him a little shithead. <laughs> I know, but it's just funny. <laughs> so the guy in the back is unconscious at this point. And these guys being the great criminals that they are, none of them know how to hotwire a car. Yeah. <laughs> so... And this is 1927. So, There's like two wires in the car, a black one and a red exactly. one. Exactly. Right, right. It's not like you've got to unhook them. It's not like you've got to bypass the uh, windshield, uh, rain-sensing windshield wipers. This is a 1927 exactly. Oldsmobile, if it's that new. Anyway. So, Brent, let's say you're Chris Kringle, and, and you're in this situation. So what, what's your best option at this point? Because you can't take the new car. I would so say. What do you do? I would be calling for da- dancer, dasher, da- Donner, Blitzen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. Yeah, but I don't yeah, think that it. sounds like that's not how it's going to turn out. Yeah, you're probably not going to get Rudolph because cops are using his nose uh-huh. for the red light. That's right. <laughs> so, so, so probably the best thing is to get back in your car, even though it just has a little bit of gas. And they leave. They leave the guy that's unconscious. But what? What's the one thing you want to put back in the old car that you took out? Oh, gosh. I would think probably your loot. Yeah. All of your booty. All the money you stole. <laughs> no. No, they leave it. Well, it might they weigh just, them down and they, get worse gas mileage. That's true. Yeah, at this point, you're just trying to get away, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a so bust they, at this point, yeah. So they take off, and they make it out. Outside of town, they've got all these people chasing them, and they make it out like in this pasture and, you know, take off for the night. And they actually, they leave the girls there. They get found. They go back into town. And so this is where the manhunt starts. So have you ever heard of a ranger captain called Tom Picnic? Have you, have you done much research on Texas Rangers? I have. I am not a Texas Rangers aficionado, not even the baseball okay. team ones. Yeah. Well, I've read a little bit about him, and Tom Higman's like like one of their... Oh, yeah, I've heard of that name. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. But that's about it. I've heard the name. Yeah. So anyway, so he he presses on. He's leading the charge now since the the sheriff's dead or the chief of police is wounded. And so these guys are like pretty... Every one of them's wounded. And so he finds them... I think he finds them in Graham, Texas. And he just got a shotgun, and he hits, like, every one of them multiple times. Wow. This is seven days after the bank robbery. 
Right. And these guys just keep going. Like they just keep getting up and going. And he finally, finally. Why won't you die? (laughs) Exactly. He's just out there with a scatter gun, just popping these guys off, just peppering them, I guess. So, presumably exhausted, the two were taken into custody without a fight. Hill was captured with three pistols and Helms with four. Landon, you've kind of gone over, you kind of glossed over the names of these people. The names of these people are something out of a casting call from a Western. You've got Marshall Ratliff, you've got Henry Helms, and Robert Hill. And then you've got Louis Davis, a relative of Helms. I mean, that's almost Larry Co- uh, Larry Moe and Curly. That's pretty close. And doesn't doesn't Marshall Ratliff sound like a good guy? Yeah, Marshall. Yeah, Marshall Dillon. Yeah, of course, Gunsmoke. Every every. Oh, I missed another part. An- another part that's worth noting is they. I think like the next morning they steal another car with a father and son in, throw the dad out and take the son, make the son drive. And as they're driving off, the dad starts shooting and shoots his son in the arm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this I okay. I saw part? this movie when it was called A Perfect World with Clint Eastwood <laughs> and Kevin Costner. I mean, just just every possible thing that that can go that can go wrong yeah. goes wrong in this. I should have called this the Murphy's Law Santa Claus robbery. So yeah, so this intense manhunt yeah. for help, yeah, by Ranger Tom Hickman. Yeah, now, that's what you said there. So okay, so, so he's got him busted. He's got him busted, and he oh dang. Okay, so he's got him busted. He's taking him back to jail, Landon. What, what goes on next? Okay, so the first trial. Well, let's see here. Right here. So, Hel- so Helms goes on trial after Ratliff. Ratliff gets convicted, and I think he gets a life sentence at that point, or maybe a, a ton of years. And he says like, "Oh, this will be no big deal." And so Helms is the second to go, and we'll get back to Ratliff. Helms is the second to stand trial after Ratliff. He gets identified as the guy who gunned down both lawmen that died, the sheriff and one of his deputies. And after an unsuccessful insanity plea, he should have entered a stupid plea, Yeah, he was executed by the electric chair in 1929. They didn't mess around back then in Huntsville. No, you get one appeal, and that's about it. What would you have on your last meal, Brent? <laughs> well, I can tell you one thing. I wouldn't have half of what he had. And I've always had a problem with that. Strawberry because, pie. <laughs> yeah, strawberry pie. Who's got an appetite before their last, you know, before their last sit-down? Is this, Landon, oh, do they, when they do the electric chair, do they call this a nice sit-down meal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I wouldn't have anything with any liquid in it. <laughs> no, uh-uh. I would not either. But Landon, please tell us what he had. So Helms is said to have had cabbage, sausage, tomatoes, coffee, and pie for his last meal. And I guess you don't need to specify what kind of pie or whether or not he put creamer in his coffee. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Now, so, I thought I smoked cabbage. Yeah. Hill was last to be tried, so he pled guilty to armed robbery and took the stand on his own behalf, crying for mercy and citing his unhappy childhood. Of course it goes back to that. That is a good good defense. Yeah, he grew up in the teens. That would suck. Oh, yeah. In his teens. So he was given a life sentence of life and uh, given a sentence of life imprisonment to nine or, or 99 years. He escaped prison 
three. This was the El Chapo of the 1920s and 30s. He escaped prison three times, but was recaptured each time. Well, obviously, he was recaptured the first two yeah. times. <laughs> After settling down, he was paroled in the mid 40s. Reportedly changed his name to Louis Farrakhan, uh, no, and became a productive <laughs> citizen. He passed away in 1996, so he would have been, gosh, Landon, he'd have been probably 90 years old, probably wasn't he? I think I think I saw he's 80 or 88 or 89. He he was up there. Uh, so so back to Ratliff. He was convicted in 1928. He was the first to be sentenced, and he was sentenced to 99 years in prison. Uh, there was a ten-year-old. One of the one of the hostages that he that he captured actually knew him and identified him as a man disguised as Santa Claus. So on his way to his cell after getting sentenced to 99 years, he said, "That's no hill for a high stepper like me." <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't want to say anything. You probably just want to say thank you and see you later. Yeah. Uh-huh. A month later, he was he was sentenced to execution for his roles in the deaths of Bedford and Carmichael. So I guess he got retried. Yeah. Public outcry or resentenced or something. Yeah. Yeah. But no one is even happy with this. So the people of Eastland County are still infuriated to learn that he hasn't been executed yet for his deeds because it's been probably 10 minutes since he was convicted. (laughs) Well, hang on now. Hang on, Landon. It says here that although nobody could testify having seen Ratliff, Dressed as Santa, fire a gun from the bank. Ratliff appealed his case, and when that failed, began behaving oddly in hopes of an insanity plea. He began acting oh, insane we... the day of Helms's execution, much to the conviction of his jailers. What does that mean? His mother, Rhea Carter, filed for a lunacy hearing in Huntsville. Now, before we go any further, what do you think this did to that little girl's belief in Santa Claus? <laughs> Do you think this pretty much ended her tenure of believing in Santa Claus? Oh yeah, yeah. And they they even say in here somewhere in the story I read earlier that that in a church in a in a in a neighboring town there was a big Christmas Eve service and they brought in a Santa Claus and this little kid stands up with a quiver in his voice and says, "Santa Claus, why did you rob that bank?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this probably hurt like the seasonal workers that dress up like Santa Claus for a r- few years. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that probably put a hurt on the Santa Claus business. So now, yeah. th- now we're down to the section that says lynching. Okay, so Marshall Ratliff is awaiting his his uh, execution, and on November eighteenth, while awaiting that in Eastland in the Eastland County Jail, he pretended to have paralysis. And convinced his jailers. Now say the uh, names. Say Kilbourne, the names. Yeah. Patrick Kilborn and Tom A, aka <laughs> Uncle Tom Jones. <laughs> I wonder what color a fella Uncle Tom was. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a story for another day. Uh, so necessitating the two to feed and bathe him—that's bad enough—and mm-hmm. take him to the toilet. Even worse. Yep. Having duped the two jailers. The man who played Santa Claus managed to get a hold of a six-shooter in an office desk, fatally wounding Jones, so there goes Uncle Tom, yeah. and violently fighting the second jailer, Pat, Pat Kilborn, in hand-to-hand combat, shooting, sometimes shooting a few rounds that, fortunately for Kilborn, missed their mark. Most of the town, including the fighting jailer's daughter, watched helplessly through the windows. Unable to break open the steel door to help Kilborn. Imagine trying to break into prison. What, what was everybody doing outside? I know. 
guess they were waiting to see a lynching. I guess so. So the jailer beat him unconscious and then returned him to a cell, so that's nice. Yeah. The next morning, a crowd of nearly 2,000 wow. gathered and began clamoring for Ratliff. Eventually, they overpowered the jailer, got Ratliff out, and threw a rope over a guy wire, which didn't work. But on the second attempt, they got it to work. Ratliff's last words were, forgive me, boys. <laughs> now, this says the first attempt failed when the knot came loose and he fell to the ground. <laughs> yeah. The second time, however, yeah, they used like, a stronger rope and were successful. It's, it's like with your shoes. You always try the single knot first. Right, yeah. The, the single knot never works. you got to double knot those sons of bitches. His last words were, forgive me, boys. Yeah. 20 minutes later, he was pronounced dead. Some East Countyans have erected a marker in picket fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, jo- oh, so Jones did die that evening, Uncle Tom. No, no, no. Uh, the other fella. Kilborn. I don't see Uncle it here, but oh, Jones died. The Uncle Tom guy died that evening, bringing the total number of yeah. dead as a result of the Santa Claus bank robbery, including the three bank robbers, to six. To six, yeah. It says no one was ever tried in association with the lynching, although a grand jury was formed. Several thousand people viewed Ratliff's body the next day at a furniture store in Eastland before Judge Gar- Garrett said, His old neck looks stretched a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ordered the corpse locked up. Ratliff's family took possession of the body and arranged for a funeral in Fort Worth with burial at Olivet Cemetery. Huh. Many people insist. Now, Cisco was in kind of the center part of Texas for all you non geography people. Many people in Cisco over the years have claimed to be have been present at the robbery or related to someone who was, and that is now a part of local folklore. This is almost, this is 93 years ago. This is getting to be 100. Yeah. Nobody was there that's still alive that can at least remember it. Mm-hmm. And they call this the greatest manhunt in the history of West Texas. This is not West Texas. This is Central Texas. Central yeah, Texas. On the map. That, that star is about as center as you can. It is further east of center than it is west Texas. It's it's yeah, a, just it's about a, a county east of being center. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I never understood that. No, no, we we're not West Texas. We're the Texas Panhandle. We're way further west of that. So right. yeah. So the first National Bank still stands in Cisco, although it is in a new building. Because they couldn't fit the ATM in the old uh, jail where they put the key right next to the door. They have a medallion yeah, on the bank commemorating the robbery. Yeah. It took them 40 years to, to get a historical survey committee to place a medallion on the bank commemorating the robbery. Wow. Man, what a story. So here it says uh, they tied his hands, carrying his feet. And look, okay. <laughs> so here's a, here's a dose of irony. So when they were carrying this guy around to be hung, they tied his hands and feet, carrying him to a vacant lot behind the local Majestic Theater on Mulberry Street, where the play, The Noose, was being presented. Oh, gosh. Talking about irony. Oh, man, that's poetic justice right there. The Noose is being played. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that's like... (laughs) Oh, man, I don't know what would have been playing. uh, A great American cousin was playing when Lincoln got shot, but... You know, yeah, it's a, it's just a you know, uh, of irony, yeah. When I was reading this, I, I just kept thinking of the, 
you know, there's like one kid that follows him into the bank. I just kept thinking of the kid from Bad Santa. <laughs> <laughs> a little flat, the little fat blonde kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, Santa, you want, you want some orange juice? <laughs> <laughs> It's like that freaking kid in Andy Griffith show that's always walking around with that ice cream cone. You want a piece? Yeah. You want some ice cream? No, I don't want. Well, I forgot what his name was. Orville or something. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, if this was if this was there, old old Don Knotts would have had his one bullet in his gun. That's right. Sure. He would have polished, gotten it out of his pocket, and polished that thing off. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we hope y'all have enjoyed this. This was a one heck of a story coming by almost to you, uh, coming to you from almost a hundred years ago in the center part of Texas. Cisco. It was planned in Wichita Falls. They caught him in Graham. Just a great across-the-state deal. So, guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Landon, any final thoughts on bank robbing, Santa Clausing, or uh, going by... Oh, Landon, did you ever come up with the name what all the kids are going to be called the generation of the coronavirus? Oh, like... Since everybody's like going to be quarantined like, together? There's, there's no sports on TV, so, so there's going to be a, be a boom in babies. Yeah. I don't... I don't know. I I kind of like the the Corona kids or the Corona conceptions. But. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I what? figure in ten about ten fifteen years, I'm gonna just make a bunch of t-shirts that says I went viral. <laughs> nice. Maybe maybe, the, maybe the, that's what maybe our sponsor the, was. Now that I think about it. Maybe the quarantine quintuplets. I, I don't know. There you go. There you go. I, I was I, my daddy was at Quentin during the cor- coronavirus, and I was quarantined. <laughs> And my mom got drunk, and I got her out of prison, or however it goes. Well, guys, we're going to get out of here before we ruin any more good old country songs. We hope everybody stays safe out there, and chances are you're not going to get the coronavirus. I mean, it's just, and if you do, you may not even know it. So um, just chill, relax, take a couple Xanax, and call me in the morning. But until next time, everybody, y'all be cool, y'all be safe, and we'll ask you, what's out of the line? Are you on the Dryline Farmer Podcast brought to you by VikingBooking.com If you bet it, you'll regret it. The Dryline Farmer Podcast, all rights reserved 2020, and a member of the Global Ag Network.